This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris. And I'm Larissa Moore. It's Wednesday, the 3rd of August. In your sport today, the PGA's spending spree. Emma McKean beaten in Birmingham. Oscar Piastri moves into the hot seat. And the dance moves Nick Kyrgios probably won't do. This is your sport today. We've got to start off by welcoming Larissa Moore to the Sport Today team. <laughs> Larissa, you've been given the call up. Welcome. I've got the jersey on and I'm ready to go, Sam. First it was Kate, now it's Larissa <laughs> from the Squiz Today team stepping up. Uh, everything's okay with Lucy. She just had a bit of a training mishap at footy last night, but she'll be back on deck tomorrow. Um, all right, let's get into it. We've been starting this week's episodes with the Commonwealth Games, but today we thought we'd mix it up a little bit and go with some golf. Now, the big story in golf this year has been about the Saudi-funded Live Golf Tour that is throwing absurd amounts of money at the PGA's best players and pinching them for the Rebel Tour. Well, the PGA banned those defectors and has now upped its prize money in a big way, Larissa. Yeah, a really big way. The total prize purse for the next season of the PGA Tour, which is the established American men's tour, has gone up $100 million to $620 million. Plus, there's $200 million in bonuses to try and match the Live Tour's huge prize purses. But the big difference here is still the amount of golf. The next PGA Tour season will have 44 events plus the three end-of-season tournaments, whereas the Live Tour is expanding to 14 events for a prize purse of $580 million. The huge prize money and shorter season are the biggest reasons why the PGA pros say that they're making the switch, even though they know they'll be banned from the PGA events. Yep, it's a big decision and it's huge money everywhere you look. But even still, those tours have got nothing on what Live Golf was willing to fork out (laughs) to get Tiger Woods on board as an ambassador. Uh, Yeah, this is next level again. Live Golf CEO and Aussie legend Greg Norman confirmed that Woods was offered somewhere in the region of 700 to 800 million bucks to come on board. That's US dollars. So in Aussie dollars, that's around a billion dollars. Woods has stuck with the PGA and he's been pretty critical of Live Golf and the players that have joined the tour. And, you know, he probably doesn't need the money. Forbes (laughs) estimates his net worth is already around the billion-dollar mark. That is a lot of money, uh, Mm -hmm. Larissa. The PGA (laughs) Tour season wraps up this month, and after that it's expected more players will join the Live Tour. One of them could be Aussie Cameron Smith, if some reports are to be believed. So expect to hear plenty more about this one. Okay, to Birmingham now and the Commonwealth Games. Something unbelievable has happened this morning. Emma McKean has not won a swimming race. Larissa, what happened? (laughs) It's true. She finished third in the women's 100-metre freestyle final, so she still does get a bronze medal. She was beaten by 18-year-old world champ Molly O'Callaghan and Shayna Jack won silver. There wasn't much in it, less than a third of a second between first and third. But there has been more gold for Australia overnight, Kate McDonald won the gold in the women's balance beam competition. Aoife Coughlin won the women's 70 kilo judo final. And back in the pool, Elizabeth Deckers won the 200 metre women's butterfly final. 
Lots of gold for Australia. <laughs> and Nina Kennedy has just won the women's pole vault. For a full wrap of the Com Games, check out the Sport Today newsletter. Subscribe at sport-today.com.au or hit the link that I've popped in the episode notes. It drops around 7 a.m. every morning and has you covered for all you need to know about the Com Games. Let's talk a bit of footy now and the NRL Grand Final might not return to Sydney this year after a stopover in Brisbane in 2021. Uh, Last night, New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet has changed his tune on upgrading footy stadiums in the state and that could mean no Grand Final in Sydney. It's a bit of a mess, this one. So the context here is that in 2018, former New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian agreed to upgrade Stadium Australia in Sydney for a cost of $800 million. And in return, the NRL would play the grand final in Sydney until 2042. But then COVID hit and those plans were scrapped. But a handshake deal between Australian Rugby League Chairman Peter Volandis and Premier Dominic Perrottet back in May locked in that money for upgrading suburban grounds. Last night, Perrottet said that stadium upgrades will be staged as they roll out and that fixing flood damage is now the priority. Volandis says he's appalled at the decision and that all options are now on the table for where the NRL grand final will be played. Yeah, and Volandis says the NRL hasn't ruled out taking a legal action either. Uh, The NRL grand final tickets are usually on sale by now, but without a venue, that just can't happen. So expect to hear plenty more about this. So motorsport news, next season Australia is going to have not one but two drivers in Formula One. Joining Daniel Ricciardo is rookie Oscar Piastri, who's joining the Alpine team, Larissa. Yep, he is taking the spot of veteran driver Fernando Alonso. This all started last Friday when Sebastian Vettel announced that he'd be retiring from F1 at the end of the season. Earlier this week, Alonso announced that he'd taken Vettel's vacant seat at Aston Martin, which meant there was a free spot at Alpine, and that spot is now Piastri's. He's 23, he's been a champion in the Formula 2 and Formula 3. Those are the levels below F1. And look, you know what, if he needs some advice, he only has to talk to his manager, Mark Webber. Of course, he's the former Aussie F1 driver. (laughs) Yeah, not a bad resource to have in your corner. (laughs) Piastri is expected to do some testing this year, so we could get a glimpse of what's to come next season. Uh, Today's trivia question brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile. When was the last time Australia had two drivers in an F1 season? Uh, Larissa, Luce is pretty good with the clues. Have you got one for us? (laughs) I do. It happened in the past decade, so that should narrow it down for you. Not quite as cryptic as what Lucy pulls sometimes. <laughs> yeah. uh, find out the answer at the end of the show. Yesterday, we spoke about Frio Dockers great David Mundy retiring at the end of the season. Well, we've had another retirement out in the West, but this time it's at the West Coast Eagles. Josh Kennedy will play his last game this weekend, Larissa. Yeah, and what a career it's been for Kennedy. He was picked at number four in 2005 by the Blues, but played only two seasons at Carlton before he was traded to West Coast as part of that mega Chris Judd trade. Worked out pretty well for Kennedy. Sunday Arvo against the Crows will be his 293rd game, and earlier this year he kicked his 700th goal. At 34 years old, he says the drive is still there to play, but his dodgy knee is the big reason that he's retiring because he doesn't think that he can make it through another season. He retires as a three-time All-Australian dual Coleman medalist and premiership player for the Eagles in 2018. As you said, Larissa, what a career for Kennedy. Uh, That last game will be at home at Optus Stadium this Sunday against the Adelaide Crows from 10 past four Australian Eastern Standard Time. 
We're a tick under four weeks until the last tennis major of the year, the US Open. As it stands right now, Novak Djokovic won't be playing because of his vaccination status, but he's still training and in unusual ways, (laughs) unusual ways that don't sit quite well with Nick Kyrgios. Yeah, I'm not sure Kyrgios is alone here. (laughs) So yesterday, Djokovic posted a video of himself training in the Brazilian martial art of capoeira. That combines parts of dance, acrobatics, music, and of course, a bit of fighting. In the video, Djokovic is spinning, he's kicking, he's kind of dancing to some music. Back at Wimbledon, Djokovic said he officially had a bromance with Kyrgios after he beat him in the final, but I don't think we can expect Kyrgios to join him in training (laughs) that way anytime time soon. Kyrgios commented on the Insta post saying, if you're telling me this is what it takes to win a slam, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> he's so close as well. He has to do a bit of capoeira, Larissa, he's going to get across the line. <laughs> it could be it, yeah. It could be it. That's the missing link. Well, there's no Novak at the US Open, so this might be Kyrgios's best chance. I've put a link to the video in the episode notes so you can check out Djokovic's martial arts dance moves. All right, we are running out of show, but before we go, the answer to today's trivia question brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile. When was the last time Australia had two drivers in the F1? Larissa, you said it was in the last 10 years. When was it? Yeah, just scraped in in the last decade, 2013, and the drivers were Daniel Ricciardo and Mark Webber. So it wasn't that long ago that Webber was out there racing around. Um, All right, that is us done today. Larissa. A fantastic (laughs) debut. Thank you so much for coming on. Done and dusted. No worries. I can, of course, usually be found over on the Squiz Today podcast talking news. So if you want to check that one out, just search for Squiz Today in your podcasting app. A little plug. I had to sneak it in there, Sam. I was going to say that wasn't part of the deal, but um, (laughs) I will allow. Um, Lucy and I will be back tomorrow. Have a great day. We'll catch you then.